The next train to Tangent City departs in one minute. This is an unlimited service that may stop at reviews, spoilers, and swearing. Passengers traveling with young or conservative travel companions are reminded to read the show description before embarking on any journey to Tangent City. Uh. Do your thing. Do your thing. Do, do your thing. <laughs> Sorry. That's, it's Distracted Friday. Distracted Friday. <sighs> distracted Friday or just okay. brain not working Squirrel. properly. Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit like that. At work today I had to ask somebody, uh, like, I'm like, oh, I can't find this, blah, blah, blah. And they said, isn't it this number here? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, thanks. Yeah. Just uh, brain fart moment this morning. And I'd had my <laughs> coffee. I'd had a really big one. And when I say a really big win- one, I mean, like, literally. <laughs> like here. the American venti? Um, well, you got, I mean, we don't have uh, promotions here, but um, Muzzbuzz, <laughs> you know, they have oh, the various RBO, different, the yeah. RBO, yeah. A that really is a one. really big one. It, it stands for really big one. I was going to say, does it stand for really big one? It does, and I always feel like a bit of a nonce ordering it. But um, You must have been tired to have I've had ordered that. two nights of not much sleep thanks mm. to various different um, animals is, is and people I was gonna say, that, that are in the house. Is it things under the height of waist height? <laughs> uh, under the waist height and over my height as well. So oh, there's no. multiple things going on. But, um, yeah, they've all culminated together to, to make me have not much sleep over the last couple of days. Not cool. Let Rachel sleep. No, I know. I'm going to start a petition. Petition. Let her sleep. <laughs> I have the opposite Good luck, Bryce. Right? Let, let her read, sleep. So. Let, let her sleep. sleep. And we'll walk around outside her room with placards going, <laughs> let her sleep. Let her sleep. Let That's her sleep. Help. And she's going to be in the bed just going, this is so counterproductive. <laughs> well, the cat doesn't read or speak English. Bryce doesn't read and uh, Chris will probably sleep through that. So <laughs> we're screwed. Don't. We're screwed as in I'm screwed. That's but it's fine. Funny. I have Alternatively, wine now. we so. all like shell out and give her a night at a hotel. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> like, let's just sleep. <laughs> and did then you- poor Chris has to just be at home by himself like did- he is right oh, now. Oh, Chris. <laughs> What we need to get you is uh, is an isolation tank. Oh my god! Um, I want to do one of those flotation things you were talking I about. I made him do oh, it. I did oh one my of god! Those. Oh, have we all done the part from me? Yeah, I've done yeah. one. I was uh, so scared of being alone with my thoughts. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Oh my me god! At all. I just peaked the mic so bad. I was like, right. my friend's like, no, I think this will be really good for you. She doesn't talk like that, but um, <laughs> she's like, I think it'll be really good for you because, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it, and I was like. I'm really scared to be alone with my own thoughts for an hour in a tank. Did you, you know what's really cool? Or? Yeah. Did you fall asleep? Um, I found it hard to stay awake. Definitely. Mm. I, I, because I'm, I fall asleep very easily anyway. But, um, Itch. but yeah. Well, do you, so so <laughs> funny. I, I, I actually really forced myself to have a glass of water before I went to bed last night because I wanted to wake up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet. Why? Because I'm so jealous that people sometimes wake up and are like, oh, I've got six hours before I have to wake up for work. What the I feel like I go to bed and it's five minutes and it's my alarm is going off. So I just wanted to feel that feeling of being like, oh, I've got five hours before I have to get up. Did it work? No. You just went to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I just woke up and I really needed to pee. But um, no, it didn't work. But yeah, no, flotation devices. Um, I don't know how I feel about them. Did it work? No. Um, flotation devices. Well, okay. <laughs> Wait, the, so um, I was hanging out with some floaties. The, the tanks. I don't know if it did anything for me. But um, you guys, it have depends done one, what right? you mean by "does it work?" Because maybe it was 
about your mind switching off and going to sleep and having a restful sleep as opposed to maybe sleeping lots of hours but not sleeping restfully. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 But, uh, you it's all about the theta thing. So I've done it quite a few times now and I'm kind of into it. So I think the thing is, and the where I go to, they've got big signs everywhere, just have no ex- expectations every time. Because the first time I was just like, I saw that, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And my first float, I think, was my best float. Mm. I think that, oh, except this last one, because I've started doing this thing where they actually pipe in like a guided meditation kind of thing. Do they guide it as in they talk to you? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't like that. No, I thought I wouldn't like it because I like being isolated. I really like the quiet. I like relaxation music, but I don't like someone saying, okay, and now, like, I mean, I know because it was a journey, so it oh, took you. No, no, really? it was wonderful. I thought it was gonna be really tacky. The only bit that I found really awkward because it was like a, a forest that you like an ancient forest thing. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things was so you know, you sort of they set the scene and everything like that, and they're like, and a deer approaches you, and it's all safe, and blah 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 blah. And um, then it's you talk about the deer for a bit and then it's like, and then you look around and you notice the butterflies. I'm like, oh, sound like Snow White. And and the and the rabbits and the squirrels. I'm like, eh, ooh, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> when you said deer, I was like, Bambi? I imagined a zombie beer, a deer and I don't know why. Oh, why? I don't know. Who but that you? is from a movie, isn't it? I, th- I don't know. I've got a weird feeling that I there think was some it maybe weird zombie is, deer thing. Somebody will tell us on, on the Facebooks. Maybe. But my main concern is the feeling claustrophobic because oh. I do get a bit claustrophobic. No, you won't feel claustrophobic because uh, I, I do get uh, a bit of claustrophobia as well. But when you're in there, it's uh, you, you know, you're pulling the lid down. So you're in control of your 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 space. So and it's really big, yeah, creeping it's, it's, me out it's, it's, already. It's huge. It's not like it's not like you're in a box or anything like yeah. that. It's quite a large. Space I'm in a in. box. Tiny man yeah. in a box. I can't do that yeah. voice. But it's Rob uh, Brydon. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really it's 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 really cool. It's a very weird feeling, like being in water and not having to think about floating, but just actively just floating on the surface of the water. Yeah. But the the thing I find really interesting with these places is the whole thing is about calm and relaxation and you walk in there and the person behind the the uh, thing goes hi how's it going would you like some water and i'm just going is this your voice all the time (laughs) or is this it's like when you're out with your friends going i'll have a beer They're always quite hippie like as well the ones that i've been to yeah very calm i'm like what the where am I? Like, what the f- I love it. You go in there. But I was so conscious of Lewis's reaction to it. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, here we go. Yeah, don't laugh. Don't laugh. Because I, I normally walk into things and I'm like, hey, how are you going? How's your day been? And I'm like, woo, bouncing off the walls. And I can just imagine them going, just bring yourself to centre <laughs> and shut the fuck up too loud. <laughs> no, they're, they're not like that. You kind of like, I don't know, the space works. Anyway. Do they but always play music? You've got to get used to floating as well. Hey? 
You no, don't. No. You didn't like it. No, 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 no. I don't. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I just needed a different experience. Now, mm-hmm. the thing is, is that uh, what did you need? My, I'm just wondering. My only uh, <laughs> flotation with a happy flotation. ending. Or no, <laughs> you, you don't. You don't want to. You don't want to be doing that because it's you're in Epsom salts, like really high levels of Epsom salts, and you don't want that getting into places. Do you so, wear? Like, do you wear swimmers? No, no, no you you're wear naked. Nude. Nude. Naked. You're nude. Naked. nude. Nude is a day My you were favorite born. state. <laughs> you were nude. But it's funny, when you first hop in, like, you kind of can't control where you're going. You've got to really, like, kind of be like, all right, just float. Because at first I was all over the place. <laughs> because The thing that I, I think I will really enjoy, because when I was pregnant, I was doing um, hypnobirthing and there was lots of meditation in that. Mm. And one of the things that I was doing was, like, um, uh, not prenatal. I don't know, the thing where you're not... The baby's not born yet. Something natal. Antinatal? Um, antinatal, yes. No, is that after? Swimming. Antinatal sounds like, I don't want to have this baby. <laughs> <laughs> antinatal. Um, but basically it, it's um, exercise in a hydrotherapy pool while you're pregnant. Right. Um, and the last 10 minutes, I really was only going for the last 10 minutes. Like the exercise was good oh, for a while. Oh, you got to float. You just got to float because the water, uh, they put all these floaties around you and all these noodles. They turn all the lights off and <sighs> they put this meditation music on. And because I'd been meditating so much during the pregnancy, mm. my state of mind switched really quickly as soon as the music went on. So I would float and it would be the most blissful experience ever and now I just seem to not have the ability to meditate anymore it's like Mm. disappeared because I'm not practicing whereas I was doing it constantly well time I guess is probably a A, a big factor factor for you so I'm thinking (laughs) so I'm thinking I would enjoy it meditate she just runs from one room to the (laughs) room to the other other. (laughs) like that Doritos ad you know where they throw the Doritos and the baby jumps out of the womb oh yeah what that's weird I'll have to play it later but um yeah I'll have to do they always play music yeah, um, well, no, no, no. So traditionally what would happen was you had the option. You could either just go in there quiet or they'd play music for the first, I think it was like the first five minutes and then it would turn off. And then what they do is they usually bring you back by starting to play the music for the last like five or ten minutes. Yeah. And then the light would come on. And then because some people are really deep asleep at that point, they turn the jets on at the end. Oh. Because it's part of cycling the water. And right. so that'll definitely wake you up. And if it doesn't, they come and knock on there and then they're like, she's died in there. I'm going to have to open it. And you're like, hey, you're looking at me now. Sorry, I thought you were dead. <laughs> no, no, I, I think, I think it'd be, I don't uh, think when, so. when the thing comes. I think they'd probably have like a little speaker where they can go, hey, Rachel, yeah. are you awake? <laughs> oh my God, that'd be so freaky. But, they uh, do that after massages. We're like, watching you. Have you fallen asleep during a massage before? Uh, yeah. <laughs> during a facial, not during a massage. I used to fall asleep all the time at Museo. Sorry to drop names, but like they just used to do this massage and I'd fall asleep and not realize it. And, and then you get a bit sad because you're like, I missed out on all the joy I that is a massage. I Sheena that did that. I don't know, but so it So my friend it Sheena does my massages. Like have to put her shoulder on me uh, and go, my facials. okay, Rachel, it's time to wake up yeah. now. I'm like, what? I was asleep. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Um, should we talk about? No, 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 no. no? I still want to okay. get back. Yeah, I, no, I was, no, I was getting on the float. To, I was getting back we, to the float thing. We'll, do, we'll talk more about floating yes. and how awesome it is. But we should float. 
we'll organise it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, because I was saying... Not together. That, <laughs> no, that's <laughs> weird. Two people that take just weird. <laughs> I think that's maybe the experience Lewis wanted. No, no, no. no. It's, it's the... Like you said, too much Epsom salt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. No, and you don't want to get like... Because sometimes, you know, if you're in a bath, right, you go, oh, yeah, and you just like wipe your face. Mm. You don't want to do that with Epsom salts because it burns your eyes. So, so you've got to remember this sort of stuff in the middle of meditating. No. no, you just don't wipe your eyes. Yeah, like, you, just, just, you don't need to. You don't need to. But that the experience, the experience I was looking for was my only other like you know, reference point for a isolation flotation tank, and that was the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. What? Because he slept. That is not your only reference, but we'll. He slept in a isolation tank because you know he needed to cut off all sound to be able to to sleep, mm-hmm. and uh, and so what I really wanted to do was to walk into the room with the sounds of like Hell's Kitchen, New York playing, like gunfire uh. and people screaming, and then uh, like just like mass masculinely uh, get a, a, a scoop full of salt and then throw it into I the. I love thing. how we're just like zoned out and like just going, oh here we go, <laughs> and Cecilia. He's like, oh, really? Yeah. Is this what you want? See, yeah. I have my own expectations too. I was like, I wanted to walk in and for like Pennywise to be, you'll float too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> movie, movie reference. So Lewis and I just have film oh, references. And Kat well, and I are just looking at each other going, thank God we have alcohol. Yeah. Like, I wonder if you could walk in. I wonder if you could go, look, uh, I just want to uh, walk in there and have the ambient noise of Hell's Kitchen playing. Is it cool if I wear a daredevil costume? Is that, okay, because I will take it off before I get in. But then, then you get in and then you shut it down and you can like pretend you're daredevil you and that one. and you're dealing with. I just I'm regretting everything <laughs> right now. I'm regretting taking him in there. Hey, hey you, you need to have the experience you want to have, but I don't think that's going to happen. You might have to just put headphones on uh, before you walk in and then take the headphones out just as you oh, hop in. Oh, no, we could make it happen. We can get some background music going. Well, Kat was saying you could play your own music while you're in there as well, so yeah. you could play whatever you want. But the uh, one of like, those- can you play the sounds of Hell Kitchen <laughs> and then abruptly stop it yeah. as I drop the lid, specifically as I drop Exactly. It's not much to ask. But the other thing is they do that guided meditation. You chose to do that. I did the guided meditation. That was good. But the journey things that Kat did, they've got a new one coming up, which is like journey through the cosmos. And again, I was thinking that would be cool. If it was the Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I knew. We could tap into a niche market of, you know, like exactly. Marvel floating. We could, we could. It's like you, you, you go there, go. We and can rocket. Yeah. We'll ask you, can I buy that from you? <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be, it'd be cool. You get in there and they go, would you like volume one or volume two? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Shall, shall we introduce ourselves? It's been. Um, 14 minutes. So. Do you know what? I wasn't going to say it. I was going to say it a while ago, but I jinxed it for three fucking episodes. <laughs> so I was just like, never saying that ever again. <laughs> uh, you are indeed listening to Tangent City. If you haven't looked at your phone or haven't figured it out from the intro, which we play at the start of everything that warns you that um, it, you have to be mindful of what you're listening to, etc., etc. Um, I'm Rachel. Across from me is Lewis. Then we've got Catherine and Cecilia. Everyone's here, and we're going to do a special. Oh, it's spoilers. Spoiler cast on uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and we will also be talking about Tarantino in general. Cool. Um, I thought it'd be a really cool place to start with um, everyone's first Tarantino movie. Yeah, love it. Uh, Jackie Mm. Brown for me. Wow, really? Mm. At what age? 
14? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I lie. I half watched Pulp Fiction, couldn't get into it. So I went to Jackie Brown, then went back to Pulp Fiction a couple of years later and loved Pulp Fiction. That's so, cool. Um, but I do appreciate the fact that uh, Tarantino was in From Dusk to Dawn because uh, I love that film. So I appreciate that he was in that film. See, that was my first experience. Oh. So when I was about, ooh, I want to say about 17, I went over to Sydney and I've got older cousins and so we're hanging out with them and we watched Dust Till Dawn and I was just like, why are you letting me watch this? <laughs> but like, because I just didn't watch horror movies and so maybe that's why I hate them. I was going to say I first quite, and last time. Yeah, yeah. I quite liked that movie. It it's great. Messed you up. don't expect it at all especially like when it, it goes from like one thing to a complete another thing it just it that's why i thought that it was actually i think i've had a discussion i don't know whether it's on this podcast or whether it's on something else that we had a chat about this movie before and i actually thought that it was like half rodriguez half tarantino uh, yeah we did have this conversation oh, I think, yeah, it, it was, was on, on this, this conversa- okay yeah, yeah. It, did, it was yeah. i was trying to think what it would have been on if it wasn't this and it really like it it just turns on a dime all of a sudden like you're in a completely different movie and it's amazing i really loved it yeah it's a great film it's definitely one of my all-time favorite films it was uh, actually robert kurtzman and quentin tarantino wrote the, the movie yeah and so oh, sorry no robert Rod- kurtzman did the story quentin tarantino did the screenplay yeah and then rodriguez did the directing. Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay, so that's the... I, I just, but you can feel those... all three of them in that film. Like, you can see it. There's just so many different elements of each of those in that film. It's incredible. I, I want to really watch it. love it. I want to watch it again because Clooney, like, looks so different in that film. He, he does look very young, doesn't yeah. he? Uh, I think my first one was probably Pulp Fiction. I don't remember actually watching... I, I know I've watched the whole thing because... I remember bits and pieces of it, but it didn't have the impression on me that I think it had on everybody else. Mm. And then I started doing the show and, of course, it was running joke that I hadn't watched Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. Someone bought it for me. I tried to watch it. I still didn't get through it. I got through maybe the first 15 minutes and turned it off. So I still have yet to see that film. So, I feel like that's yeah. his most dialogue heavy. I mean, they're all dialogue heavy, it, but I yeah. feel like Reservoir Dogs is the most dialogue it's heavy. It's almost like a stage play yeah. in some ways. It, it does feel a lot like, like It's a got a little bit play. of action stuff, but mm. it's mostly stage play. I can't remember why I couldn't get into it, whether it was boredom or violence, but... Do you find it really know. hard when there's someone someone's got an expectation for you to watch a movie as well? Yeah, like, I feel like I, I there's feel like pressure. I need to, mm. Yeah, like mm. all the pressure that we put on Cecilia to watch all the Marvel films. <laughs> 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 <Oops>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. What about you, Lou? What was your first? Uh, I think my first one was definitely Pulp Fiction. Uh, mm. I didn't didn't see Reservoir Dogs till a lot later on, um, and. I think I watched it because of just all the hype. And, mm. again, it wasn't a see it in the cinema kind of situation. It was definitely a track it down and watch it at a later date kind of thing. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a you know, very clever film. I like that style of filmmaking where you've got uh, several different stories that are you know, running concurrently and then intersect at certain points. Uh, but also the fact that the film was nonlinear as well because mm. certain scenes happen before other scenes. And so you're watching the film and then actually putting the whole story together in your head. Uh, it's very clever filmmaking. So it was, uh, yeah, it's certainly you know, one of those films which I, I really enjoyed. And it was... 
um, you know, even though there, there were in Reservoir Dogs, you could see like the, the, the start of Quentin Tarantino. I think Pulp Fiction was definitely the film where, uh, you know, he really made a name for himself and then like also, you know, put in place those people he'd go back to and, and keep on using on, on future films. Like, you know, Uma Thurman is, uh, you know, was, was certainly his muse for quite a while there. Mm, yeah, and um, Samuel L. Jackson mm, as well. Mm. Oh, and I, very much and so. And I think yeah. um, uh, Uma Thurman and e- Ethan Hawke's daughter is in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think probably is one of the uh, family members. Ah. Um, but I, I never really got into Tarantino stuff much and then I saw Death Proof, which a lot of people say is his worst film. <laughs> and oh, I, Yeah, really? there's a lot of people that just don't like that film or just say it's not Tarantino. It is short. So that's not Tarantino-esque because a lot of his films are long. Yeah, but I like the setup of those movies. So it was Death Proof and... Planet Terror? Yeah. Planet Terror. Yeah. And I didn't get you into Planet Terror so much, them. but we did see well, he Double. He was just a producer on that though, wasn't he? Planet well, Terror. Well, Rodriguez um, did the second one. Yeah. Was it Rodriguez? Yeah. 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 So yeah. Death Proof and then Tarantino was just a producer, I think, on Death. Um, Planet Terror. Yeah, so yeah. basically the two films got shown yeah. um, together. But it was like, kind of like going to the drive-in. Yeah. Nobody oh, did that anymore. Amazing. No, and it was because they, they wanted to make cool. a, they wanted to make a, a grindhouse cinema. Mm. Yeah, yeah that's what they and we we saw it with all the trailers mm. and yeah. everything, which was so good. And one of them, I think, ended up getting made the the one machete. with the, the machete, machete. That's right. But um, the the thing about Death Proof is it's almost like two movies in one because you get it's got um stuntman Mike in it, mm. and yeah. he's in both parts of the story. And the first story is like him you know, spoiler for a movie that's been out for ages, but where he basically um, is torturing these chicks and the second one, the chicks in this one decide to torture him. So in in a way. So I Oh, that's a good way to look I at it. I love yeah. that well he gets his comeuppance basically in the second part of the film. So and it is basically um, chicks in the second half that are just doing him in and I I love that Tarantino has um, recurring people come up in his his films. So you've got um, uh, oh Kirk Douglas. Nope, nope. What's Kurt his Russell. <laughs> Kurt Russell? I am Spartacus. I have done that before on this show, but um, you know he's in he's in the Hateful Eight and he's in um, Death Proof and he's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I love mm-hmm. that scene where his character's wife comes in, and of course it's um, the stunt chick. Whose name escapes me, but um, who was Australian. in Death Prof, uh, oh, New Zealander? Zoe, Zoe, Zoe Bell. Bell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the whole audience that I was with, as soon as she came into the scene, everyone was like, hey! It's like, I love that, you know, everyone had that connection. Yeah. Um, should we jump into to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I think we should. You've been um, warned. I think that, again. I think before we go into that, yes. I think that we should go into. The gratuitous violence that Tarantino presents in both Kill Bill and in Inglorious Bastards. So, you know me, I'm a softie when it comes to movies. <laughs> um, I don't like too much tension. Um, it does my head in or it does my heart in probably. <laughs> um, and I don't like too much violence. I find it really hard to look at some things, even though like I could watch like surgeries and stuff like that. Oh, and I'm like, I'm no way. Fine. But um, that was the thing that I quite liked about Kill Bill is that it presented the violence and the the like the huge amounts of bloodletting, but it was done in almost a comical way. Like it was just like all of a sudden an arm would come off and there'd be blood. Just what's going on? 
Uh, maybe there's a cat losing her stomach. We're just going to pause for a moment. <laughs> Are we good? No, so- no, no, it's a dripping sink. Oh, because I thought that was what it was, but I haven't heard yeah, a hacking. Okay, it was like, <laughs> yeah, I heard the cat reaching the noise. I guess I'm not as familiar with that sound you, as the Because no, both of you guys have house sat here. Yeah, yeah. With the cat. But it's been a while since I've house sat, no, no, to be no, fair. No, 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 I think it gives you post-traumatic stress, It does. Man. You hear it and you're just like, no, 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 please don't. <laughs> not on the carpet, not on the carpet. It's always on the carpet. Of course I it know. is. No, Why would it be anywhere else? Sometimes you'll lock it and it'll be in here and you just like go right to the middle, girl. <laughs> do your thing. The, wor- the worst thing was when she we said the key tower of doom and, oh. and she climbed, she'd be on the top level of the key tower and then that's when she decided to vomit. No. And she just like projectile. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I really hope no one's got sensitive. Sorry, to my apologies. It's a cat. It's not a human. I, I ew, cat vomit. Gross. <laughs> my cat has yet to vomit. So that's. Best isn't that a hairball best thing? Best No, no, no. Yeah. Just, some cats do, some cats don't. Oh, okay. Mm. I, had, I had cats that never did. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Fingers crossed I've got one of them. I've got a kid that vomits, so hopefully you got anyway. a cat that doesn't. <laughs> Tarantino. On. Tarantino. Chopping off our arms. <laughs> just going. <laughs> and blood just going. <laughs> psh, psh, psh. And it was just comical. Like, that's the thing is that it was just one of those things that you looked at it and you're like, that's really violent, but it's almost like over the top. Yeah, mm. it's too over the top that it's like funny. Yeah. It's, it's almost the presentation of it makes you kind of, oh, that's fine. Yeah. I have not seen it. You don't no. saw Kill Bill. We've had this conversation wow. many times. We have not. We have Kill Bill. You, yeah, you've even. I think uh, when I passed that, you told me I had to watch it. That you had it, and you I got just it out. That you had. And I, no, no. Kill Bill's really good, and, and it, it shows what a master of. This is another thing where people keep telling me to watch it. So out of spite, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, fair what call. if I don't enjoy it? I think you'll enjoy the motherhood. Like, yeah. And the yeah, I think that you'll understand a lot of the pain and the resolution as well. My understanding of Kill Bill is the um, the robot chicken version. <laughs> left toe. <laughs> That's the only references I have. Anyway, probably not the best, but no. it's pretty good. <laughs> no, Love it's a, me it's some a, robot chicken. It's a really good movie and so so tense. And mm. and that's what Tarantino does really well is like tense scenes. And in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like the there's the the ones. And before we get to that, oh god, we have to we have to talk briefly about Inglorious Bastards and how he builds. So the tapping of that bat against the wall. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, in that um, famous, like, forest scene. I think that that's the thing that Tarantino does best is the build. The build of tension. There's stuff in in Inglorious Bastards that I looked away at, I think, the um, putting the – the swastika in the forehead Mm -hmm. I found difficult. Um, But I think when Bear is beating him with the the bat, do you see all of that? Sort of. Or is it implied? I think Because I feel like it's implied. It's very very sound. It's more sound, isn't it? It's more sound. Yeah. Um, uh, It's been a while since I've watched it, actually. Because I think so many people um, have a go at him about the gratuitous violence that I think he – it's almost like he made a point in Inglorious Bastard to say, you know what? If anyone deserves violence, then it's the Nazis. So come at me. Mm. And um, it, yeah, I didn't find that film completely 
violent to the point of turning me off, though. And that's why I think you should watch Kill Bill. But But let's get into it. One day. Before before you do like... uh, Oh, wait. (laughs) But wait, there's more. If you ever cut me off... Steak knives. The the other thing about uh, Tarantino I love is his revisionist history. Mm. Like, and and the Inglourious Barsas is the best example of that, where he actually kills Hitler because that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants to see, you know, Hitler being killed. And so it was really nice that he he did it. And, uh, you know, no one was expecting it. I think that was the first time he did the, the, the you know, historical yeah. kind of thing. Because I think he sort of did it a, a little bit in Django Unchained as well, but it's I sort of watched that film and forgot it. I, I don't remember much of that film at all. I can't actually remember the ending of Django Unchained. Oh, I remember the ending because it ruined it because he appeared as like an Australian in the last... Tarantino did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's And I'm right. like, you know what? This film was almost perfect and then you popped in at the, the last five minutes. Just there was no reason for it whatsoever and it, it ruined it for me. I can't actually remember a lot of his endings in his films. So you remember, like, I, key scenes. I remember but- key scenes. And I don't know if it's the length of the film. I mean, obviously, um, we've recently watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so I can remember ending very clearly. That's yeah. a good point. I don't know but if I remember exactly how Death Proof ended either. If I go back and think about all Tarantino's films... I honestly could not tell you the ending of hardly any of them. Because he does mm. the, the tension and the build mm. so well. I think that that is where his strength lies. Mm. Uh, but I think the, the ending of Inglorious Bastards was Christoph Waltz's character, like, you know, makes a deal to, to get, a, get away and then he uh, carves the swastika into his forehead. Mm. I think that was the end of the film. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. he gets dropped off. That was halfway, off. no. <laughs> he gets dropped off, like, at the border yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that yeah. and then they swap. Yeah. yeah. All I remember is him just going, it's a bingo. Yeah. <laughs> but I he, don't remember what it was that it was about. But I, I, that's the, uh, the thing. strudel scene. Yeah. Oh, the strudel scene. Yeah. But that's the other thing about Tarantino is he, he knows how to get great performances out of actors. Mm. Like if you've seen actors before and thought, wow, that's a really good actor, Tarantino will just bring something more out of them. Hey, Rachel. Yeah. Are you enjoying the podcast? Always. That's great. Heaps funny. Do you know who else is here? Cecilia. Hey, Cecilia. Hi, guys. I'm really enjoying it. Where can we find more of this? Thegentlemanofpopculture.com or Facebook and Instagram. That's awesome. And what can we find there, Lou? What you're going to find on there is Wozcast, the Whiskey Appreciation Society podcast. You will also find Diz Down Under, which is the Disney podcast or the Disney Appreciation podcast. You will also find Unscripted, the film show, which is the weekly film review show where Cecilia, Rachel and myself talk about the films that are coming out and if they're good or bad or whether you should spend your money on them. How's that? <laughs> it's great. You're forgetting... Tangent City. Oh, of course, yeah, Tangent City, what you're going to do right now, where we go off on tangents and we have one little like uh, topic and we go all over the place, so it's fantastic. There's lots to listen to. Yeah, you can find us on all of your podcast networks. Yes, Just look for us. Please like, rate, review, subscribe, all of that stuff. Well done. In harmony. <laughs> now we're getting on to uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, yeah, obviously he's... No, hang on a second. No, <laughs> Obviously, he's worked before with uh, Leonardo. No more rabbit holes, please. I can't cope. <laughs> he's obviously worked before with Leonardo DiCaprio in Django Unchained, mm. but uh, yeah, and he did a 
Leo did a great job there. But in this one, he's also working alongside Brad Pitt as well. And with Leonardo DiCaprio playing the, the leading man kind of character or the leading man who's on the, on the downward slope. So mm-hmm. he's at the end of his career and, uh, and then, uh, Brad Pitt playing his, you know, sometimes stuntman, but for reasons that, uh, you know, he's explored in the film, uh, you know, he's not really, wanted as a stuntman anymore and it was just the the two performances out of those two exceptional actors was just at another level in this film I, i agree leonardo dicaprio specifically because i felt like his both characters were really complex but he you kind of introduced to him at the start where you can see his he's almost got a stutter he's got this nervous tick going on when he's having that conversation with Robert De Niro. But when he's on stage, he drops it. Yeah. I love that. And you can also see, you know, there's there's all this bravado going on, but behind the scenes, he's got not much confidence. And, and like, there's that whole trailer scene where he's messed up, he's forgotten his lines, and he's going sorry, at himself. Not De Niro, Pacino. Pacino. Oh, Pacino. <laughs> oh sorry. Yep. Um, sh- wow just racially stereotyped the American Italians. But anyway. <laughs> um, oh, dear. Was it really? It was Al Pacino, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, doesn't matter. This is why I'm not a professional. I'm I'm just a movie lover, not a movie expert. But, yeah, there's apparently um, some story that they were telling him that he was – bipolar like to play bits bipolar i don't know how true that is i've heard it on a couple of podcasts so i don't i haven't looked at the research myself Mm. but i wonder whether he used that um in the background like i don't know to inform his character at all but there's so many scenes in here that i just love so much like the scene where he's talking to the the young actress on the the western yeah it's a beautiful scene it's so good and even like you could almost think it's a bit self-indulgent but there's almost a western film inside this film mm. because you've got the scene where he's um gone and then luke perry walks in you're like oh luke perry it's full of i know my heart just went <gasps> but yeah you, you've I, got I them is that his last role I, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah i completely missed it i was like going, oh no i know luke perry's oh, because in this film. I, I wanted to but i didn't want to pull you out of the movie and that's the like I quite often do that. Like, I hate being pulled out of movies. Mm. And so there's so many moments that you have in a movie where you just want to go, but A, I hate fucking people that talk in movies. Yeah. Like, vehemently (laughs) hate them. To the point that there's certain people I know will talk through movies and I'll move seats if they sit near me. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's the other side of it where, like, there's so many things where you just want to go, oh, my God, but you have to remind yourself that you're not at home, that Mm -hmm. this is the first time. And also, like, Lewis has to view it as a film watcher because he's going to review it on the show and, yeah. That was one of those moments where I was just like going, oh. I'd have to watch it again now to, to see Well, yeah. I feel like I want to watch it again because I think um, I didn't appreciate it as much at the time as I do now. The more I think about the film, the more I see it's just genius. And you talked about building tension. There yeah. is that tension because if you know about the Manson family um, murders, this whole spectre is hanging over the movie of – Sharon Tate and, you know, oh, the, you, all, you know where it's going. I was waiting and mm. waiting and waiting and I was just like, please don't make it too graphic. And you'd already – so the – you'd already seen it. Lewis and I got to see it at a media screening 
And, and Cecilia did as well. Oh, sorry, and Cecilia. And because you're sitting like right next to me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're all sitting there and watching this movie that you'd already seen and you said there is some graphic stuff. And I think that you, you, you describe some of the violence as being pretty much the same as American History X. You're like, mm-hmm. remember the curb scene? Oh, yeah. It's like that bad. I'm just like going, oh, oh no, no, baby. So you were thinking that whole time that it was going to be her. Yeah. I The thing I like about, because I know the whole Manson story quite well, it would be interesting to f- hear someone's um, take on it if they'd walked in and knew almost nothing about it. You have to know something about it, otherwise this film just doesn't It's borderline, con- it would be yeah, borderline it would be confusing. confusing. Yeah, it would be absolutely confusing. The whole, like, the You'd whole idea is to have a sense is of to know. the fact that mm. um, Sharon Tate was killed by the Manson family. Mm. And so you're introduced to this character She's pregnant, which I think makes it so much heavier. Mm. And you're just waiting for this moment to drop. And she's not pregnant for the whole movie. Mm. You get to see bits and pieces of her, like that scene where she goes and watches her own movie. I mean, that's so cute. And it's not like she's not an ego um, maniac or anything about doing it. I mean, even the the chick's like, oh, if you want to take a photo, maybe we should put you next to the poster Mm. so people know it's you. Oh, yeah. she, it was just such a cute moment and she doesn't have much dialogue in this film and for a Tarantino film that's quite unusual and the the reasoning behind it is because we don't know much about her so why would you pack everything? Like she's kind of an enigma. Mm. We wouldn't know her name if, if she hadn't had died in that horrible way. Yeah. So I just like the fact that you almost are walking alongside her, watching her live bits of her life instead of, like seeing her live her mm-hmm. life in a, a real full way and it almost makes the tension even higher because it's almost like she doesn't know what's going to happen. Look at her blissfully mm. living her life and she doesn't know what's going to happen. And and I love in that, that scene where she goes to the cinema, watches herself on screen, that it is actually Sharon Tate on screen mm. and not Margot Robbie mm. on screen, which is like going to like confuse some audience members, I think, like just going, but that's not you on screen. You're completely different to, to what. But not I, completely different. I think that there was enough likeness. Mm, mm. But it was, it was such a great move. Like I'm glad he did that because he could have so easily just recreated those scenes. Deep fake. <laughs> or, or deep faked it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm he, glad he didn't. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't. He just went, no, nope, this, is, this is the actual movie and you know this is her watching her in the movie and that was it was really good but uh yeah i, I think it was interesting have that undercurrent throughout the whole film but then also having uh the brad pitt character of cliff booth run into one of the manson family children pussycat with the hairy arms <laughs> yes <laughs> And, and actually go out to the the compound because that scene must have been about twenty minutes, maybe twenty five minutes. It was so good. Be- I think that's personally one of the best. Scenes I ever. loved it so but, much. Cause so tense, though. Because you, you're you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. Mm, you know? Yeah. When is the shit going to hit the fan? Yeah. And it yeah. never does. It because, and yeah, so that lets you down. No, no, it doesn't let you down. No, 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 no. In terms of like the like, see, the tension, yeah, everyone's yeah. waiting. It's kind of dropping, and then there has to be violence. Thing. You'd already mm. seen it. You'd already said, look, there's violence, and it's pretty full on. And so you're just sitting there the whole effing he, movie. He does beat the shit out of Tex. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it wasn't he Tex. It. Was it Tex? Yeah, it was Tex. Yeah. It was Tex. I, I no, it wasn't Tex. 
Oh, no, no, no it wasn't. It was some other dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was some other dude. But, I mean, the whole scene is interesting at Spawn Ranch because they really do take a lot of um, – it, it is from fact, you know, George, the who owned the Spawn Ranch, really did live there and really did have sex with all of the ladies. I'm imagining to um, that was their way of him not being George. informed. Yeah, George was the old dude played oh, really? by Bruce Dern. Oh. So um, – Who you think is – Gonna be dead. Oh yeah, yeah. Up at one point. So he really did. Yeah, yeah. He was. Oh. He really lived there because I think they basic. He had no idea really what was going on, mm. but I think he was just happy to have sex with these young women. Yikes. And then you've got Squeaky Frome, who of course um, was did the assassination attempt on. Oh, I can't remember which president or vice president. I meant to look it up, but Ella Fanning almost unrecognizable. But I. I knew she was in Dakota. this film. Dakota. Was it Dakota? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's too many Fannings. They, they, too many Olsons. They sound exactly the same. So I could hear the voice and I'm like, oh, okay, there's the Fanning. But, and then you had to wait to actually see her. See, yeah. But that whole, the, everything about that scene was awesome. And even the lead up in the car drive where she offers him a head job and he's like, uh, how old are you? So you start thinking, oh, you know what? He's actually not a bad guy. He's, you know, not willing to do I mean, like, that's a, a really low standard. But uh, <laughs> I didn't know to- about the attempted assassination. Of Squeaky Fromer. Uh, of, no, of, of Ford. Oh, so you didn't know who Squeaky Frome no, was yet? You didn't, I didn't need know who, to, though. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of an extra little piece of mm. information for people who know the Manson stuff. Yeah. But you, in the car when she's offering the head job and he says, no, how old are you? I'm not going to get in trouble. I don't want to do that. You're too young, la, la, la. Mm. You think, oh, maybe he's a good guy. But this is what's so interesting. Like the characters are so complex that he's got all of that other stuff going on. Did he kill his wife? And I then know. he has that big old fight with Bruce Lee. And um, he's a very strange character. Like in the whole scene in the trail with his dog as well, like where he feeds his dog and he's getting his food, which just is disgusting. Mm. It, like it, it, the characters are so well formed. But I, I just love that bit about like you know how much this, how well trained this dog is. Mm. Like this dog, it, it will do anything for him. Like, and I, I love that they they set that up there beautifully, and then they just don't pay it off until the very end of the film. <laughs> <laughs> I personally felt like Brad Pitt's character needed more screen time. There was so much unex. I felt like he was Is it because more- he took his shirt off and he still ripped no, under all these I years. honestly like fifty on. that, but no. also no. I just felt like he was more damaged because there was that yeah. talk about his wife who had been supposedly murdered by him on a boat. That was brushed over. Mm, He's mm. living in a trailer park. He's following around Leonardo DiCaprio's character. It's not really working. Well, he's getting paid to drive him around. I just feel like he was so much more damaged and more complex. And I I wanted more of him. I wanted to see more of his backstory. Yeah, but I think that's the beauty of it. Mm. Is that that whole, like, leave him wanting more kind of thing. The mystique. Like, Paint a picture and and let people want to know what's around. Maybe the corner. that's the beauty of it. Maybe yeah. that is the beauty of it. I think it's cool. Mm. I was Kat and I before we saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, a few weeks before we saw this TV show called The Boys, and in in The Boys in the comic. Oh, sorry, I sucked my tea. <laughs> uh, one one of the main characters in The Boys comic is this uh, bulldog called Terra, mm. and then in the TV show, Terra's not there. Like and which is really disappointing because I swear that I've seen promo. Yeah, and and, and the, the the dog was such a uh, integral 
character to the comic books. And so it was so disappointing to, to not see Terra there. But after seeing that dog in, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, if they cast that dog as Terra, I wouldn't care. I'd be happy. That dog was awesome. <laughs> that dog was amazing. I don't know. He's not a bulldog, but still, he was an amazing Close actor. <laughs> uh, so, and there's so much homage and pastiche, you know, related to, you know, the 1969, the, the golden era of But the whole, um, uh, the Brown Derby. Mm, mm. And What's the Brown Derby? Uh, see, I'm only familiar with it because of the Disney kind of hang up with it. So in Hollywood Studios in Walt Disney World, there's the Hollywood Brown Derby. And you it's a restaurant and we've eaten in the restaurant and we've also eaten um, and had drinks in the, what, what do you call that, the lounge bar? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, it's really old school like that. Like they make a cob salad and everything oh, like wow. that at okay. your table. And it's it's really cool, but I'm – just like as soon as that scene came up, I'm like going, "Wow, that must be it. Mm, That's mm. cool." And oh, it's the, such the restaurant an icon. they eat at, at the start, or the restaurant they go, that Sharon Tate and um, their crew go to. The restaurant that um, he meets Al Pacino. At. Yeah. And it was Sorry. a Hollywood icon, Thanks. right? <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a Hollywood icon. And they had, like, uh, I don't know if the the one that they've got at Walt Disney World has got, like, caricatures all around the wall. Oh, so okay. I don't know if we saw that in there. Uh, but. Maybe it was just another yeah. restaurant, but, but it, it, it definitely had you, that feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was really important, I think, to show that there's long extended scenes of um, Cliff driving around Los Angeles. And if mm. you've never been to Los Angeles, you don't realise how long it takes to get from one part of town how to another part of town. And how Yeah, how big it is. Yeah. And... Um, like him going from the Hollywood Hills to wherever he lived. But mm-hmm. then in that process, you get to see all of the neon signs, that whole neon sign scene where all of the neon signs switch on mm-hmm. is so cool. And it's like LA really is a character in this story as well because it is the change, changing of the guards almost of like the 1969 is coming to an end and, you know, the 60s are finishing and this whole time is is going away. So it's almost like a... A, a nostalgic piece to show you what LA was like at that time. So I complained about the length of time that this film took to progress. Like there's other scenes I thought, oh, what was the point of the great escape scene? And But, you know, then you realise that's more character building because, yeah. you know, what if he was hired and filmed a few scenes and they did the Back to the Future thing and mm. said, no, no, sorry, we don't like you. But instead he's like, oh, yeah, no, I was never even a shoe in it's fine, you know, when he's having a chat to Timothy Oliphant. But, yeah, the more I think about this film and the more I talk about it, the more I think, fuck, it's a masterpiece. I think you That's- have to see it. Right, the f- the first time to then go, hey, actually, this is a masterpiece yeah. because you think it's so slow building. But every scene when you think about it, no matter how long the dialogue, there's something in that scene which you can deconstruct. Everything is so deliberate, which it yeah. always is with Quentin Tarantino, but, but with this film specifically. Well. Yeah. Like that, that scene with Timothy Oliphant, yeah. you're just like, I was sitting there going, I wanted to watch the rest of that movie. Yeah. Mm. Like, that was amazing. Yeah. And that's where that homage comes into yeah. it. And you can tell Tarantino really has a soft spot for um, Western films because yeah. of the portrayal in here. Yeah. But um, in every film, he, he puts a bit of himself that he loves into that film. Mm. Um, Interestingly, though, he didn't put himself in the film. Thank God. That's it. <laughs> ah, 
<laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, every scene he's so carefully constructed. I think that car that Cliff was driving around in um, is the same model his dad used to have, apparently. Yeah, so little things like that. And the I think because he's an L.A. born and bred. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. but I know I, he worked at a blockbuster. I feel like Ooh. he lived somewhere where they had – where he could actually see the screen. I feel like I've read something somewhere where the whole time. No, no, where he could see like a drive-in oh. from where he lived, oh. and so oh. he was always seeing snippets of films he probably shouldn't have, and that's probably where his love of film started. Mm. I could be wrong, but I feel like I've read that somewhere. But um, yeah, there's there's so much in this film to deconstruct, and even like the end. Let's let's dive into the end, shall we? Um, we've done so much spoiler uh, uh, bells that I mean, if you're still listening, you either have seen it or you've got no intention of seeing it, or you need to be spoiled. Still, we're giving you right one last start. chance. One last one. Tap out now if you do not want to hear. <laughs> that was any a spoilers. good ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the thing about the Manson murders is they were so. Um, he original they were originally going to Dennis Wilson's house. That's what they that's who they thought lived uh, at Sharon Tate's house because Dennis Manson, Wilson, not the Beach Boys, right? Yes, yes. Are you serious? The Beach yes. Boys. So this is where become being okay. a true crime fan comes in handy. When they said Dennis Wilson, I'm like, I feel like that is one of the Beach Brothers. Beach Brothers. Beach Brothers. <laughs> the Beach, the beach so, Boy Brothers. For those who don't who are not aware, Manson had a a, a music an idea that he would like to be a musician basically mm. there's music around of his and there, there's a song that he wrote that all the girls when they were um dump diving um you know when they were in the bin getting all the food they were mm. actually singing one of his songs yeah ah. um very creepy but anyway so he had this relationship quite a close relationship with uh, with dennis wilson where they would talk about music and play music and and then until dennis wilson realized this guy's a crackpot and he separated the friendship so the whole idea was go to go to dennis wilson's house and kill everyone who was there doesn't matter who's there um i don't know whether they were aware that dennis wilson had moved on or whether he was still there but it it seemed to not matter. They got there and killed whoever was there regardless. Mm. So the fact that they got there and then they had this argument with um, with Leo DiCaprio's um, Rick Dalton's character. Oh, so going back to the movie, not the actual. Mm. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So they have this argument and then that changes what they're doing. So it's almost like reminding us that there was no real plan for this Manson family. They were just going to go there and kill whoever. Mm. And God knows what could have, like, happened to change the scenario. Like, something like this could have happened and who knows? Like, then you get the alternative of, you know, um, Roman Polanski's career maybe doing a bit better than – because, I mean, his life kind of went very much downhill How you recover from something like that is just beyond me. Then he had the whole, you know, thing where the Mm, 13-year-old and you wonder what would have happened to Sharon Tate and then you've got Rick Dalton walking up to the almost like the pearly gates, like this is the new heaven for him. He might end up in a Roman Polanski film and be rediscovered a la like John Travolta in in Pulp Fiction. So there's so much to deconstruct in this film that this is why like I'm – it's. I, I think it's better than Death Proof, and Death Proof's always been my favourite. And I just think the more I think about it, the more I love it. But the the killing in the – there were scenes when they were ki- – like the dog attacking and then the scene on the mantelpiece. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. 
That and was... the, the front doorstep as well. It's like bah. hyper hyper violent at, at that point. But it was again, it was like the it was kind very of over the top violence as well. Yeah, that's comical. It like, was not comical to me. I thought it was like oh, parts I thought it was of hilarious. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Y'all are sick I was trying to be all like growing up there. I was like, okay, Cecilia's <gasps> next to me. I can't grab her. Lewis is like enjoying <laughs> this. Oh. Wait, wait. Yeah, you're sitting between two sickos. Just going. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor cat. Were you actually laughing? Oh, but yeah. Me and Lewis and I were laughing like there was no tomorrow. I was Did literally, you? my head was between my knees. I could not Fire stop laughing. I was just like, oh, Bits man, of it were funny, really but some long. of it was so disgusting and like when, like, when Rick Dalton gets out of the when, when the chick falls in the pool, oh, and he's a flailing around. Yeah, he, that is he funny. Walks, he walks off into the into the freaking th- shed. That's a payoff from that yeah. whole thing of like going. Oh yes, yeah, so I was in this movie and yeah. I had a flamethrower and I had to learn how to use it and Can stuff. You I make used to it train. not so hot. Yeah, yeah. 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 Flamethrower. When he gets that, that flamethrower, it was like all my Christmases had come at once. <laughs> I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen and on that, screen. And that was kind of like the, the scene was a callback to Inglorious Bastards as yeah. well. Like frying Nazis, it's oh. like it's, it's awesome. It's all things right. I love that he was floating in the pool drinking a margarita. Yeah. Had no idea. For so oh, long. With that huge like head yeah. and, and like Brad Pitt's characters inside just like battling, and, and he's on acid. He's on well. acid. <laughs> At first, he doesn't know if it's happening. He's like, "Are you here?" Like he just doesn't. Are know. you really here? All those like little sorry. Um, just elbowed my husband out of the way. All those little seeds that are planted. So mm. it's oh. just like, oh, this is like a you know acid laced cigarette. I'd uh-huh. really like to smoke it sometime. Well up here and he comes back he's like well i think this is the moment it's like oh no shit's gonna go down you're the only one that can probably deal with it mate he still dealt with it though didn't he i know oh my god i cannot wait to see this film again honestly yeah and the scene where leo is talking to sharon tate in the um oh what's the guy that was with sharon tate all the time Jay Sebring. Yeah, Jay, when, yeah. yeah. When he played by Emil Hirsch. He was, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So gorgeous. Just like yeah. really like that calming kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. Just... I love their dialogue at the end though, where Leo's like, oh, he's just fried to a crisp back there or something. Like whatever he <laughs> says, like, not anymore. He's like, there were some crazies and they tried to kill us, but, you know, we just fried him and like just all this. Cra- it was so good. Oh, my God. I just snorted. Um, Yeah, you did. It's a really... <laughs> It's so fucking good, right? Yeah. This ending. Like, yeah. it's literally, it pays off. You sit through a two-hour film full of dialogue. Two hours and 41 minutes. Two hour, and and <laughs> it, it just pays off and everything makes sense in the mm-hmm. end. And it's so wonderful. And it, it's literally one of the best scenes I've ever seen on screen. Um, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I just. I thought it was a good payoff for all that mm, tension. Yeah. And I love that you were just so spun out at that point, just going, okay, so they kill them and then they go up to the other house? Oh, no. <laughs> That's it. Oh, this is what's going to. No, oh, wow. Fried. I was confused right to the end. I'm like, how are they going to get to this Sharon Tate house if they've got the Rick Dalton thing happening? And even to the point where he said, see if there's somewhere around the back. I still didn't realise that they were going to Rick Dalton's house uh, until they appeared in Rick Dalton's house. I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, they changed their mind. <laughs> yeah, did they rock up by mistake and they thought that was no, the no, no. I think they, or they genuinely were like, let's go. Because to this he came house. and yelled at them. So. Yeah, they changed oh. their mind. I wasn't sure if he had the wrong house. Like, this Do a warm up round. Wilson's house. Yeah. And- 
Because they were like, mm. oh, you know, they're the ones that teach us violence in film. Let's kill them. It's their fault that we're so violent and la, 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 la. Oh, that's right. That's was there right. any truth in one of them having, like, Driving shirt? off? Yeah. She <laughs> Not shirked. She just... didn't drive off, but she stayed in the car. And ah. she is the one that basically told everything to the cops. So she had a very light sentence, I think, compared to the rest of them because she didn't go in and kill everyone. She was the, the driver, mm. the z- designated driver. So, but, yeah, all the info came from her. Are you killing tonight or am I? I'm not mm. sure. Do you want to be the designated driver? <laughs> the other one was a designated killer. Mm. Actually, but going back in the film a bit, I think one of my other favourite scenes is the conversation that Rick Dalton has with one of his co-hosts in the uh, sorry co-stars <laughs> in the in the film that he's do, uh, doing, uh, which is the little girl. Uh, trying to find Trudy out. is the character's yeah. name, and Julie something I think is the little girl. She's so beyond her years. That kid. That was yeah ridiculous. Like how like you know mature she was, and I love the way that you had the kind of like immaturity of mm. the Rick Dalton character mm. played by um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and then her, like, maturity in an eight-year-old. Julia Butters was the character, oh, okay. was the, her, the actor's mm. name. But, yeah, it was a, that was a, you know, great to see that, them, them like, you know, read, him reading, like, his, I think it was a Western-type book mm. and then her reading uh, the uh, autobiography of Walt Disney, which mm. I quite like. Well, <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, you would. I don't know if it's a biography or autobiography. Anyway, it was a, it was about Walt Disney. Uh, but uh, then to see their actual scene together after mm. he'd like yo know, he'd blown a scene beforehand mm. and then just whipped himself into a frenzy uh, back in his trailer and then to see the, the the product of his scene afterwards, it was just really really good. And I love that he's reading a book and describing what the book is like and it's very reminiscent of, like, what's going on in his Mm, life mm. at the time. And she says, oh, how far are you through? And he goes, oh, about halfway. And it's like, yeah, we're about halfway through the film. (laughs) It's about halfway through his life, yeah. It's this so, like I said before, everything in this film is deliberate, which you hope happens in most films but i but i think there's a payoff. Some of them feels like something's bedaxed i know but there's a like, payoff really? yeah there's a yeah. payoff in every if you looked at everything's everything in there for a for reason. reason that's yeah. right and that's yeah. why it's two and a half hours long because yeah. everything's there for a reason and i think if you took stuff out we probably would lose some of that character build yeah so yeah but i think that's why the two and a half hours isn't like that no, big no. these days. Mm. But that's one of the great things about having a writer, director uh, doing films like this because, and particularly someone like Quentin Tarantino where they've, the studios have got faith that he he knows what he's doing and uh, that they'll let him, him do it. So you're seeing the story that he wrote, the story he directed, you're seeing what Quentin Tarantino wanted to put on screen mm. is on screen. Mm. Every film he makes is a director's cut. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and he just, he's done a phenomenal job with this. And I was like arguing myself, is this my favorite Tarantino film? Is Inglorious Bastards still my favorite Tarantino film? And it is very close, but I think this one might be edging it out. I think we're coming to the close of the show, but I think there's one thing that we haven't mentioned, and that's Bruce Lee. So, yes. Bruce Lee did, in fact, train Sharon Tate for that. Uh, film that she did right so i think that's why they were used but i think her his daughter has come out and said you've made my dad look like an idiot why Mm, have you done this but the reason behind the scene is because you kind of have in that scene you see a little bit of cliff's violence that's sitting just underneath Mm. you know and his capabilities and his capabilities that's right and then 
yeah, so there is a reason for the scene. But when I was watching it, I was like, I feel bad that they've made Bruce Lee look a bit like an idiot. But he he did have that bravado. So it's an interesting scene. But, yeah, I think that's the only thing we kind of haven't touched but on. I think you've got to remember, though, like, <clears throat> and particularly once you get to the end of the film and you see how the film resolves itself, you know, this may have people who were real people in real life, but this is a complete fiction. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the... What you're seeing is not Bruce Lee. You're seeing a caricature of Bruce Lee. And so I don't think anyone is there watching this going, this is a Bruce Lee biopic. Mm. So, you know, I think sometimes we can get really precious about mm. certain people, uh, certain characters and things like that. But at the end of the day, this is entertainment. So, yeah. and, but I understand, like, if you're the child of someone, you're, you've got a vested interest in, in, in protecting mm. their image. So, mm-hmm. and it must be difficult as well, mm. like when you're, You've got a parent, and that's you know you feel that connection. It's their legacy to them. as well. Mm. Yeah, you know? so I, I can understand that. But yeah, again, like you say, it, it is a fictional story set, I suppose, with the backdrop of the the Manson murders, which mm. were obviously true, but in this in this film, obviously, didn't um, play out the same way. Mm. So, but we all enjoyed it. I think we all enjoyed the film. I think um, that's I think that's, that's a, a given. A, yeah, mm, and we yeah. have to watch it again. Yeah, I had yep. a huge sense of relief at the end. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pregnant mothers killed. Yeah, and I just at the end. Well, because I was just like with Tarantino's ability for uh like portraying violence, I was just like, I do not want to see. Yeah, I honestly, I probably, I probably built that up in a bad way for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I think everyone here thought that that was going to happen, right? There was no way. I was. That's part of the joy of going into this movie, and that's part of the um the payoff is Mm. that you don't get that. But everyone kept saying there was a twist, or they kept saying don't ruin the ending for everyone Mm. else. I'm like, okay. Okay, well, everyone knows the Charles Manson yeah. murder, so does so it are they going to do something way? different at the end? I did wonder if they were going to knock on the wrong door at some point and end up with Rick, but I didn't know it was going to play out that way. But mm. I do wonder how people who don't know much about the Manson murders will go with this film. Yeah, I, I, I hope that most people know. Yeah, I, I reckon I if you don't know pressed. anything about the Manson thing, like what about some people are much younger seeing this film and they might mm. not know anything. This movie would be confusing. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many I pop think. culture references to Charles Manson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's for me, true. I wouldn't have known who he was <gasps> if guess... it wasn't for Doug Anthony All-Stars. Mm. There were some references to him in... Oh, there was a skit show that kept on having Charles Manson rocking up and fixing things. Same guy who played him in the Nightingale. There's a guy, the guy that's in the Nightingale. Yeah, is the guy who plays Charles Manson, and you only see him briefly, but it's it's quite impactful. His name is Damon uh, Harriman, and he also um, plays Charles Manson in Mindhunter, which is on its second season. I thought that they were going to like develop a relationship because I didn't know the, I didn't understand. Well, I knew that Charles Manson had killed Sharon. Well, had an involvement in in terms of like the family Mm. killing Sharon Tate. But I didn't realize like what was involved, mm. and so I thought, oh, maybe he had some sort of involvement with her, and that was what led to her murder. And so when they have that that intense moment, I was just like, oh, okay, so obviously there's something that happens, and they develop a relationship. Maybe at this point, not in terms of like you know mm. that they start interacting, and that's what leads to it. Oh, anyway, so interesting. I, th- I suppose we could talk My mind about was this racing. film for hours. Oh, yeah. Couldn't we? We, we really could. could. We should wrap it but, up. Who wants? I think. I think the the, the, the thing. Oh though, no, Lewis has got something more to the, say. The okay. revisionist history is the great thing, though, because yeah. you go into this film, you're thinking one thing's yeah. going to happen, mm. and then you come out going, "Fuck yeah, beat him, <laughs> fuck yeah." yeah. And 
I, I Team just, America. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I, so I'm, kind of, I'm kind of glad that Tarantino's only doing, like, supposedly 10, ten films. films yeah. Although it's actually 11 because, you know, Kill Bill. Well, Kill Bill, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we uh, name them all? That's the other thing. You've got, is it Pulp Fiction's the first no, one? No, no, no. True Reservoir, Romance? No. True, Reservoir Dogs. No. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill 1, 2, oh, no, Jackie. No, no, no. no Pulp missing. Fiction's first. Jackie Brown. No, Jackie Brown's before Kill Hell, Bill 1 oh, and 2. Oh, right. So... <laughs> Are we just going? As- Reservoir Dogs. Do we yes. have to do it in order? Okay, you Reservoir Dogs. Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Kill Bill 1, 2. Death yeah. Proof. Uh, Hateful Eight. No, no. Inglorious oh, Bastards. In order. Okay. Hateful Eight. No, Django, Eight. then Hateful Eight. And no, then no, 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 no. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, Django, Hateful Eight. Yeah. yeah. Once upon a time. Girls got uh, it. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Okay, I got it in the end, yeah. <laughs> so you got it in order. Well yeah. In the end. But hang on, Always. what about true romance? Neither he, of you No, I think romance. this is um, him writer and director. Oh, uh, okay. Only counts, apparently. what was true romance? What did he do with that? He writer. Just, he just wrote it, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, so okay. his nine films is just the the written and direct and f- directed films, mm. yeah. But, yeah, it does get confusing. Natural Kill Born Bill Killers. He wrote that. Okay. It says story. Story. So he wrote the story and somebody else wrote the script. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. God, he's he's good, isn't he? Anyway, we'll wrap up. <laughs> I can't wait to see his his tenth film, whatever he does with it. I can't, Star I can't wait. <laughs> no, no, like literally, it is. Yeah, like I heard you guys his, talking about that. His like next film that's been announced is Star Trek. See, I got told it was a horror. He was going to do a horror. So Maybe he's going to make a horror Star Trek. Horror Star Trek. Horror no, Star Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. it's got an E in it. Uh, for goodness' sake, love it. Okay. <sighs> Somebody wrap up, not oh, me. Loved the film. Cecilia's Can't turn. wait to see what he does next with his 10th uh, and final. Is it going to be his 10th and final? Who knows? And wh- what have you been listening to? He'll do it. He'll do You're doing the proper wrap up. Sorry, guys. Um, if you do want to hear <laughs> more of us, please visit the Gentlemen of Pop Culture website. Uh, join us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, of course, you can listen to previous episodes of us or Unscripted, the film show, which is your family-friendly version. Uh, Diz Down Under, which is all things Disney and Wozcast, which is for those people who like to enjoy a beverage, mm. much like Leonardo beverage DiCaprio. In uh, in uh, Once Upon a Time in Look Hollywood. Look at you all succinct and stuff. Mm. <laughs> Ciao for now. Bye. 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 This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture. <laughs>